Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sana Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. What's good? It's Big Sue, and I'm hanging out with my girl, Ina Esco. We're going to chop it up about everything. You hear me? Everything on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Hi, I'm Marvin Stockwell. I'm a podcaster at Champions of the Lost Causes on the OAM Network, and I hope you'll check out the show. I'm hanging with Ina Esco here on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Recording artist and songwriter Porcelain was born and raised in the Westwood area of South Memphis, Tennessee, and is today's contemporary urban R&B it girl. Porcelain couldn't help but ultimately purpose her musical aspirations, having immediately absorbed her historic musical surroundings from a young age while growing up in a family of instinctively musical people. Spurred by the encouragement of a fifth grade teacher who heard her voice early on, along with long car rides with her mom listening and singing along to the likes of Bobby Womack, Al Green, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, and Marvin Gaye, school-aged Porcelain found herself auditioning and performing for school graduation ceremonies, which soon thereafter uncovered another musical gift, writing. In keeping with that momentum, Porcelain focused on building her reputation in music circles, doing everything from appearing on BET's 106 and Park, collaborating on material with super producer Timberland, opening up for Tank, and gaining invaluable performance experience via a three-month tour of China with a cover band. While newfound fans await the forthcoming debut album Mood Ring, scheduled to be released on October 30th, Porcelain will also be re-releasing her debut Christmas album, Joyful Hearts, A Season of Love, this holiday season. Verbally Effective, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 141 of the Verbally Effective podcast. You guys know you can check us out right now on the Ina Esco channel on YouTube. Plus, we're streaming on Spotify, iHeart, Spreaker, SoundCloud. You can get the podcast audio style anywhere but now we have visuals because you got to see this pretty lady I got with me today I have one of the baddest singers from the mid-south with me and she is gorgeous ladies and gents her name is Porcelain how are you Porcelain hi I'm doing well I'm doing as good as I can be during this time look I am loving this green you like this I'm trying to I love it, but you you are rocking that hair, honey. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. I just just got it hooked up yesterday. I said, you know what? I'm gonna try some some color, do something like in the pastel. So the green was definitely a little bit more daring than I, you know, I love, love my blonde, but I said, you know, I'm gonna try this and you know be more festive. Yes, it is gorgeous. But thank you so much for joining me today, Porcelain. I've been trying to get you on the pod. I'm so glad that you are with me today because I know since I've last seen you in person, there have been so many changes going on in your life, right? <laughs> yes, it's in everybody's life for sure. Yes. <laughs> and we all, you know, I'm definitely transitioning, you know, becoming more comfortable, still having to work. So yes, yes, definitely been a lot of changes for sure. Yes. So we're going to start at the beginning, Porcelain. What part of Memphis are you from? I'm from Westwood. Westwood. <laughs> Westwood. Wow. Tell me about growing up in Westwood. Um, growing up in Westwood, I mean, I lived with my grandma. Um, and I, I don't think, like, people always kind of affiliate Westwood as kind of being uh, away from Memphis or, like, something like that. But I, it's really... True. I mean, it's true. It's his own community. You know, it, I grew up around older people. It's very country, very, very Southern kind of environment. I mean, Memphis is Southern anyway, but Westwood is definitely, because that's like where all the old people live. Oh, my grandma stay over there. Oh, my grandma, your grandma, friend. So it was really, it's, it's like its own community and they support each other and it's like uh, a family everywhere you go especially if you find somebody that's from there and they're like you from Westwood me too girl and then y'all instantly you know me and cool so it, it, it was cool growing up in Westwood did you attend Westwood high school I didn't attend Westwood high school until my 12th grade year because I moved um I moved from over there when I was a teenager um I stayed in and then you're going to be like, why you stay way over there? And you <laughs> I went to Sheffield, but I stayed in Orange Mound. So, you know, my, I went to, I went to Sheffield because my uncle was teaching there. You know, he was the basketball coach and my mom was kind of nervous, you know, cause every mom is nervous when a daughter going to high school. So she wanted to have somebody there to look out for me going to a new school. So, and my uncle wanted me there with him. So I ended up going to Sheffield. So how were you able to talk them into letting you go to uh, Orange Mound your last year? Um, no, I live, I lived in Orange Mound. Okay. I wanted to go, yeah, I lived in Orange Mound. I wanted to go to Melrose because I, all my friends uh, from Sherwood, because I went there in middle school, and if you know where Sherwood is, you know this in Orange Mound. Yeah. I wanted to go to Melrose, but okay. my mom was like, no. <laughs> so no, it's a bad school. <laughs> so I ended up going to Sheffield, which is not that great either. <laughs> but she like, it wasn't great then. Yeah. But you know, she just wanted me to be around my uncle, and we had moved from Westwood, and it was a new area, and I kind of wanted to stick close to my friends just because I I didn't want to get you know. I understand. No new friends. They don't want. They don't want to get to know new people. So you know they care about their peers. And then at that time, I was like, I really want to go follow my friends. But Sheffield was cool. I went to. I actually went back to Westwood my twelfth grade year. So okay, you know, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So what was Porcelain involved in while attending high school? What were you um, into? 
you know, I tried so much, but then I realized that I wasn't really into like the sports that much. I did volleyball for a very short time. Yeah, I'm a volley. I'm a. I'm a former volleyball. I'm a old setter, but okay. Did you? Yeah, you was like, it was, uh. <laughs> it was fun, but I was like, you know, this ain't my passion. And I and I had the opportunity to kind of go through the motions. I tried cheerleading, and I said, you know what? I was going to be in choir. I'm going to be in choir. I'm going to sing. So that was my space. Um, I literally, I was in that space my whole high school life. And, and that's what I did. The classical, the jazz, the nice. play the gospel mm-hmm. and that's you know that's that's really my passion so I ended up being sucked into music at that time that was your passion you, you can't escape your passion so right. um are you an alto or soprano I'm an alto yeah I'm definitely I'm definitely an alto I have some range but um my comfortable my comfortable area is definitely more of an alto space okay. Gotcha. So you you here in high school performing with the choir. You graduate high school. What was next for Porcelain at that time in your life? Um, when I graduated high school, um, I had my son. Um, I actually, yeah, I had my son when I turned 18. Um, I went to, I actually, I was supposed to, I really wanted to go to a university, but I mean, I was young. I had a baby. So I ended up, I went to a community college. Uh, I went to DeSoto County, actually. Uh, really? Yes, I did. I mean, it was it was really nice. I mean, you get the same experience, but I didn't want to be too far away from my mom because I'm like, you know, something happens with my baby. I want to be yes. able to get the best advice possible. And you know, that's, that's your, your mom. So I went there for about a semester. And then I started feeling like, you know, I needed to do something different because my son during that time, he was sick a lot. Um, he was, I was, you know, constantly taking him to the doctor. He had like bronchitis and I said, you know, it's stressful trying to have a baby or trying to take care of a baby and trying to go to school and all that. And I was like, I need money. Yes. You need money. So uh, I was like, um, I think I'm going to do something different. And I, and it was, and, and it was, I got advice before I did it. You know, I talked to professors I had as friends, um, people I, I, that influenced me growing up. And I was like, what would you do? You know, it, it, is it, it does it not make sense for me to do this because I do need to be, you know, working more. Right. And they told me to follow my dreams and that they wish they would have when they were younger because I can go to school. I can, I, school will always be there, but your dreams and you're young, it was like, you're young, you're fresh, you're, you're ambitious. You should just do what you love to do. And at the time, I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. I was going to class and doing my work, but because my son was sick and I was working long hours at night after school, I ended up being late most of the days. And he was like, you know, you're a great student. He was like, I don't see how you coming in doing your work. You're not even in class, but you do so good on your work, but you're still not going to be able to pass the course. So if you want to leave, you should just go ahead and leave now while you don't owe financial aid. Oh. So I left. I left. I got all that advice, you know, to speed things up. I got all the advice. I left. And then that's when I started pursuing music. I said, you know what? This is my dream. 
you know, I got, it's now, you know, or I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> so, so I started, that's when I started pursuing music. And as I, I'm sitting here right now, <laughs> working, still grinding, and it's paying off for me. So I feel like I made a great decision for myself. Now, how long have you been in the music business, Porcelain? I've been doing music for about uh, about twelve. I think twelve years now. I think when I when I graduated, uh, well, when I graduated from high school around that time, and I went to a community college, I was about I was still eighteen. So I literally been doing that since I was eighteen, and I'm like twenty nine now. So wow. yeah. So you have grown up in this music industry, and I know that you've seen a lot, you've been through a lot, even with, you know, you telling us about um, you being a teen mom and your child was sick and you had to struggle with that decision. So when you did take that step to pursue music full time, how did it go? What's the first thing that you did? Because I'm sure um, when you started, <laughs> you had to figure things out. Did you get a manager? Did you have a momager? You know, tell me about first starting in this music business because the music business is brutal honey so tell me the tea it's pretty it's it's tough you know um not really having a direction um i really i tried to do my research and i asked other people you know what they were doing my friends that, that did music and i was like how do i start how do i start and the funny thing is is i was at i was still figuring it out but i went I went somewhere with my sister. Her best friend had a birthday party and we went to the birthday party and I'm like, everybody's like, Forrest going to sing happy birthday. I'm like, I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> they put you on the spot. I'm like, why am I singing? I don't know her. Like, girl, you can sing, sing it. And my sing family it. always put me on the spot. Everybody I know puts me on the spot when it comes to singing. And I sung and I met this guy. He was like, are you, why are you not putting anything on YouTube? Mm. And I was like, I don't know how to work this stuff. <laughs> I was like, because I literally had just started figuring it out and going through the motion and covers were really popular then. You know, YouTube was really popping. Yeah. And, I, and he was like, we're going to start doing some covers. And literally the next week is when I started. That was my imprint in, in music. I started doing covers, just other people's songs. And then he ended up saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be your manager. And he, he didn't know anything about managing. He was yeah. a makeup artist. So we were literally like, he was like, no, I know people. I know a girl who styles. Uh, I, I, have, I have friends that do their trainers. So that was literally my first team. I ended up having a vocal teacher, a trainer. Um, and, and all it was was just a bunch of hungry creatives that uh, came together and and I just, I think that was when I really, really started. And we just figured it out as, as we went. I mean, we nobody knew what they were doing. <laughs> but said, I like how you said a hungry team of creatives. Because you got a lot of, you got a lot of hungry team of creatives out here right now. <laughs> right, right. You got to be trying to get it. We was working free. You know, it wasn't, nobody was making any money from this. So you have a girl styling. She want to get her clothes out there. She want to get her shoes out there. You have a guy who is interested in training, the, uh, uh, someone who wants to get their feet wet in the vocal coaching realm. And I just work with people who are just starting off. And, and we were able to put a team together and use our resources. And it, it really, at that point, 
I started doing shows around Memphis. You know, I probably met you yes. <laughs> during that time. Yes, yes. And I was, I was literally just moving, and you know, um, people started hearing about me, and that was like the beginning for me. Wow! And you say you did a lot of covers. What were some of your favorite covers you you used to do? The ones you know you, that's well, gonna pop when you sing them, because. I hear a lot of covers in Memphis, like, you know, going out to an event, if there, there's going to be talent singing, we hear a lot of covers in Memphis. I hardly ever hear a, a Memphis artist original music. It's very seldom, and I believe it's because Memphis loves covers. I, I don't know why, but they do. But what were some of your covers that, that, that were popping? Um, one of my, honestly, one of my covers that was my favorite one that I did, well, my favorite two, I did Unthinkable, Alicia Keys, mm -hmm. and Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh, now that's the yeah. bop right there, Lions. Yeah, those are my, those are my favorite songs, uh, two of my favorite songs in general, but doing the covers and people really gravitating to those songs, because Unthinkable had... I think had just came out and then, uh, you know, Jasmine Sullivan's hot album came out soon, like after that. So yeah, those were my two favorites. Wow. And that was the beginning, Porcelain. Um, that, that's amazing to hear, you know, how it all started for you. And if we fast forward to today, so much has evolved. Yeah. So much has changed. You have a new album called Mood Ring that is coming out on October 30th. Um, you are now with an entirely new team, not the Hungry Creatives anymore. You're with uh, uh, Made in Memphis, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um, <laughs> tell me about uh, the transition from being independent to now with an entire label. And, and I understand that Made in Memphis has been undergoing some rebranding as well. So tell me about that transition from, you know, that hungry side to now, I guess, you know, getting more structure and more into the deeply rooted piece of the music game. Um. It's been definitely uh, life-changing in a way. I feel like during the time when I first came here, they were doing like development, you know, development. And, and I kind of came in with the talent a little rougher on the edges in certain areas. And, you know, and that's just because I had been doing it on my own. So you're going to do what, what you know. But at the same time, I think that I'm still in a space where the grind is still independent for me, yes. regardless of whether I'm in a situation. It's all, I feel like a situation is only going to be what you make it. If I'm here and I'm signed and I'm just chilling because I think I have all these things working for me and I'm not going to still get the results because right. it's, really up to, it's up to you. It's up to me. So I mean, even though I signed, they, they helped me structure certain areas, you know, kind of point out where, you know, you're not organized here, you're not organized here. And I was able to get those pieces together. You know, it was very crash course for me um, because, I mean, immediately when I walked through the door, there were, you know, changes and putting me on a schedule and you're going to work this long. And you're going to, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm used to coming to the studio when I want to come to the studio. Right. So it, it was definitely some, some changes, but I feel like 
because I was so ambitious, it really didn't bother me that much because I was already thinking like if you're going to be a real professional these are things you need to think about anyway things you need to correct anyway I'm like yeah man let me get my organization together because when because when you blow up and your life is all over the place that structure is what's going to keep you grounded so you know it was in a good way it, it definitely grew me up in a lot of ways and um taught me how to better present myself and better speak for myself and really stand out in front because honestly with Lois Lane um real thing don't change was a great record for me that was my first thing I love talking. that record Lois Lane you do people don't talk we about it like, on like, V101 baby we told that song up on V101 I remember Lois Lane baby yes you know Lois Lane is, was definitely the record that really really did it for me uh real thing don't change kind of it, it started the the wheel kind of moving but people don't talk about that one as much i think that one was where you know i really started kind of building in the industry and people started hearing mm -hmm. and then lois lane just went you know and i had to it was like no i had to really rely on myself in that moment and what i had learned previously before because once that song picked up we were like show 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 yeah. interview interview it was like one two three go <laughs> so mm -hmm. you know those structured things early on really helped me a lot wow yeah. so we then went from lois lane and now we're with a new album mood ring talk to me about mood ring um how was it making this album and what can we expect from you on this album porcelain um mood ring Honestly, it came about because I said, you know what? I had Real Thing Don't Change, which was inspirational. I had Lois Lane, which was independent and still showed a vulnerable side. And I'm kind of like looking at the sequence of how my music was sounding and how, you know, my presence and the, the substance in it and, and what I'm speaking of and, and what means something to me as an artist. So when Moovering came about, I was just creating. I was and I and I was going back listening. And I was like, man, I don't. I was like, I, I want a certain. I want to feel a certain sound. I want to. I want to have a certain vibe. And I literally worked. We worked a year to. I did so many different songs, but it's like I wanted to be in a space that I felt like was me. And I was like, you know what? I you if you sing and you can write and you can you know deliver, you can do any song. But it doesn't mean that any song is your song. You, it, it could be, and I, and I write as well. So I'm like, okay, we can pitch some of these records. I don't really think I would want to represent this, but I'm cool with singing it and writing it in the studio because it's a part of my, a part of my talent, a part of my job. So with Mood Ring, I was writing, recording, we were recording, and I went back and listened to some songs, and I said, you know what? I think this is the space I want to be in. And it literally started there. I didn't. I didn't think it was gonna be a, a album. I wasn't thinking it was gonna be moving. I didn't know what it was gonna be. I said, you know what? I like this space. Mm -hmm. And that was when I recorded Act Out. Act Out is the record. I said, you know what? I want to say something real because there are people going through real stuff and they're vulnerable and they hurt and they they haven't recovered from it. And I think that I want to speak in that realm because it's relatable and you want people to 
relate to you. That's how you engage with your fans. That's how people gravitate towards you. You connect with them from a real place. So I kind of started focusing more on connecting with people from a real place and actually putting myself, my life into the music and what I want to become inside of my song. So Move Ring, because I, I, I was in a space where I was going through so much in the industry, like with, because everybody wants to make you into something. Everybody wants you to be what they see you being and they okay. hate it. And you're like, you know what? That's cool that you see that for me, but I don't see that for myself. That's not who I am. So, and and I and I, I say this because it's like with women in the industry, we always get boxed in. You know, men can, they can go do whatever. They can do whatever they want to do. But women, oh yeah, you're this. So you got to go down this lane and you got to stay there. You're this, so you got to go down that lane. And I just, my biggest inspiration career-wise, um, talent-wise is Rihanna. And I say yeah. Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. I love Rihanna because she is multifaceted. She does everything. Mm-hmm. Every style of music, she's already done it. Yep. And she didn't have anybody telling her, oh, don't do this, don't, don't do, don't do country, don't do pop, don't do, you know, um, this uh these EDM vibes, don't do that. She right. did all those things. Yeah. She literally has been a rock artist, she's mainstream, she's been hip hop, she's been R and B, she's done that. So Move Ring was my my space to say, you know, I'm I'm a move ring. You know, I'm not one dimensional. Yeah. Whatever the mood is, that's what I'm gonna be. Yeah. And I related that to a, a, like a, a body of work. And I say, if I'm in relationships, I want to kind of tell a story with my album, speak about the happiness, the, in the you know, because it's a mood ring. So the happiness in a relationship. The uncertainty in a relationship, the vulnerability, the the destruction of a relationship, and then getting over it and seeing a light in your self worth, mm-hmm. and not need nobody to make you happy and feel whole. Yeah. You know, doing what you want to do yeah. when you want to do it, mm-hmm. and that's when Move Ring kind of came about. And I was like, "What y'all think about? What y'all think about Move Ring?" He was like, "I like that. <laughs> Look good, cause that's what it is." <laughs> <laughs> But Porsa, I'm so glad that you're able to to remain yourself. Because I mean, just looking at you, talking with you, when I've met you, you have always been the same. You have always been real, and I'm glad that Riri is an inspiration for you because you're right. She does what she wants to do. She's not boxed in, and I'm glad that you are following that same lane of trying new facets of music, you know, not just, you know, like you hear some of these R&B ladies, it's kind of like the same thing over and over, you know what you can expect. But with you, I see we're going to have some surprises along the way, which is a great thing. So I wish you the best of luck on Mood Ring, everything you're doing. And I hear that on your new single, Toxic, Stevie Wonder participated in the making, in the creation, in the production of this song. Tell me about that. You know, um, I'm so, I'm, I'm truly like blessed to have him be a part of my project because during the time I was really writing, a lot of these records were created over the, over the pandemic time. Yes. Um, I was kind of pushed out of the studio, like in the midst of really 
getting the sound I want, and then they shut down and everything. And I'm like, no, I gotta get my album done. Okay. And I'm at home. I'm like, you know what? I'm writing in my bed, and I'm like, when they open this studio back up, I'm going in. I'm there. <laughs> I'm staying in there every day, and that's what I did, you know. And I was able to create the work and. Stevie was kind of, he, me and him talked over the whole uh, time, and I was like, you know, I'm executive producing his album, you know, I'm picking the tracks, um, wow. you know, I'm picking the writers, I'm, I, you know, I put the, yeah, I picked my own engineer, because I knew what sound I wanted. Yes. Um, and I was a like. A lot of artists don't do all that porcelain. A lot of artists got all of that stuff figured out for them. So this is amazing that you have that autonomy to select your team first time that's great that's great i appreciate that okay i just want to <laughs> i do i guess you know and i guess what i'm thinking about when people say it i'm just like oh okay because i'm thinking like i was like people do this don't they but then i'm like no um that's <laughs> that's that's true you yeah that's facts but like working with working with him it was a it was an honor i mean we talked and he was like, you know what I love about you is that you're super genuine. And, you know, when I heard you, because we did a show in October of like 2017 and he heard my voice literally. He was like, I want to do a song with her. Ooh. And I was like, what? You want to do a song? Yes. We literally have been friends since that moment. And he was like, I feel you're genuine and you have a bright spirit about you and the conviction in your sound and your music, it just feels real. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I want to help you and I want to be a part of what you're doing. Amazing. And he, I, he heard the song and he was like, yeah, I'm going to, um, yeah, I like this part. I'm going to, uh, I, I, it's got a break in it. I like it. I'm, I'm going to go in the studio. I'm going to lay some down and I'm going to sing it to you. And I was like, okay, all right. Because, you know, you, you don't want to get excited until mm -hmm. it's actually done. Right. So I was like, please do it. <laughs> like, please. Do what you say, Stevie. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I knew we, we were cool. So he was like, you know what, I'm going to send it to you. I was like, did you do it? Yeah, did you do it? He's like, oh, girl, you tripping. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm getting this to I'm like, I can't send it to me. It's time so I can see you doing it. Mm -hmm. And he did. And he sent it to me as a surprise. He was just like something for you to uh, rest your ears on today. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was. And I listened. I, start, I started I started freaking screaming. I literally did because I was so wow. happy that he loved the song enough to do it. And it made me feel like I was going in the right direction yes. with the album. Um, you know, and and I really love the fact that he he's working with young people because he did Big Sean's album. He did a story on this album because um, he's from Detroit and Big Sean's from Detroit. And I was just like, this is so this is so cool for him to be a part of it. So that's pretty much how how it happened. And you know, Stevie is such a legend, and I know that feels good to kind of get that stamp of approval from someone that has been yes. so iconic in the business. So. You're right. You are definitely on the right track. And you know what I want to kind of get you to talk about, Porcelain? Um, being a woman in this music business, um, as women, as, as you've already stated, you know, you all go through quite a bit and have all of these expectations as a woman. Can you kind of speak to, I guess, some of the challenges that you have faced in the music industry? Like, 
some of the things that just stand out to you right now, some of the top challenges that you face as a woman? Um, as a woman, I feel like the, one of the main things that we will probably, it is changing because we're like trailblazing right now. So I got to, you know, shout out to the females out there. Yeah. Um, we're trailblazing right now, but honestly, going through not having, not feeling like you have a voice. I, I feel like, you know, a lot of times when there's a pretty face, yo, you know, you, you be quiet. You right. <laughs> don't say much mm -hmm. you know and we have ideas and and it's always this thing to where I need to decide everything for you I need to answer I need to tell you who you are and you need to feel like oh my gosh you're helping me I'm a girl who needs help right and thank you so much and that's not you know women we know who we want we we can we do things for ourselves and I think that it gets looked over. Women are the foundation for families. You know, men, of course, they they are uh, more dominant. But at the same time, you know, we think for ourselves. We're independent. We do so much. You know, Black women are highest educated in the country. Yes. So, I mean, we got a mind <laughs> and a brain. So I feel like when, when you show up and you're more than that it comes off like or you know what you want and you try to be stern about it it's not that you don't get the same you don't get the same respect because it's like oh she must be upset or she's a bee hmm. and it's not that it's just like i know what i want i don't like this i like this so let's do this yes you don't know you don't know, you don't know what you want and it, it's just it's like even when you're trying even women is busy when you try to get served a man say, yeah, go do this. People go do it, right? right? A woman says it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's not taking it seriously. And it forces us to be in a space we don't want to be in. Because when we ask nicely, we don't get the same results. Right. So then we got to become the angry, angry black woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do this. I said do that. Like, we don't want to be like that. We want to ask. Just like a man say, hey, go do this. Go do that. I need you to do this. Like, I have literally been in places where I would say the same thing a male says, and nobody would hear what I said. But if he repeats what I said, oh, man, that's that's a great idea. Wow. <laughs> I had to get used to that. And I just started kind of having, and it put me in a position for a while where I was comfortable with somebody speaking for me. Mm. And I would just not say anything because I was like, you know, if I say it, you know, it may come off a certain way and I'm not going to get the same results. So I would say, hey, could you say such and such for me? And then I got to a point where I was like, no, don't talk for me anymore. Right. I'm going to talk for myself. They're going to have to get it and they're going to have to hear me. And I don't need a man speaking for me. I can talk for myself. And I had to get to that point. So I really, that was one of the, my, that's my pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> for okay. real. In this okay. industry. All right. Well, I'm glad you stood your ground, Porcelain. Um, you know, we are in a pandemic, right? And I know that you have been undergoing so many changes. Um, what's what's changed for you with the pandemic? Because we know there's no more performances like in person like they used to be. Are you still performing or have you been doing virtuals? What's going on with that, with this pandemic 
and your performance and you know because I know you're pushing your new music like how has life changed in the aspect of marketing even marketing and performing with the pandemic you know what um Honestly, you have to kind of come up with more creative ways to put yourself out there. I feel like more than anything right now, we're, we're living in a moment of history. So we are like, a we're like, the world is changing. It's a new era. Yeah. So it's kind of like with this pandemic going on, I've just, I literally went into like a survival mode. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to be creative. And it really pushed what, what we were comfortable with at first, it pushed us into another way of thinking, you know, like other ways to make money, other ways to put yourself out there. And, and during the pandemic, it's like, yeah, I've been doing live performances, how to be more creative with setups, you know, how to engage in different ways, like coming up with new content. Um, it really, it has been a, a, a help as well. Cause I mean, it's, we all know the negative side of it, but it has really, really shaped who I am, who I want to be, because I had time to sit down and think about that. Mm -hmm. I had the time to sit down and think about how I want to come across. Like, how can I make myself significantly different? And I feel like even with the bad, from people in the industry, it's an opportunity for you to separate yourself in a whole nother way. That's not what everybody is doing. Because, you know, beforehand, everybody was just going, 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 I'm at this event, I'm at this event, I'm at this event, I'm at this event, and it was just that. You know, you're performing live, you're doing your shows in different places, getting looks. And, but now it's virtual. So you're setting up your stage exactly how you want it to be set up. And, and it has to be, it, it has to be uniquely different because now you're comp it's not about being competitive as to what looks. Now it's about how creative you are, what you're bringing from a creative standpoint. And I've been looking at like, so many people's visuals and how people really taking their time with their music videos now, live shows. I'm like, y'all weren't doing live shows like this uh, <laughs> before the pandemic. Now y'all actually doing shows. Okay. Nice. So now it's everything is like stepping up in a way, but it's from a creative standpoint. And I mean, I spent a lot of time writing, you know, I got, I got better at my skill because I'm always trying to work to get better. Because I don't want to hit a plateau. You know, I always want to be like, you know, I'm good, but I ain't good enough. I'm good, but I ain't good enough. I'm good, but I need to work harder because it keeps me in a place where I can grow. So that's pretty much what I've been doing. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm still going to, as we kind of move forward with the album, I'm doing my next YouTube live for my album. And just okay. playing that. And it's just exciting because I get to do a live show from the internet. So it's like, okay, we're going to have a stage and it's just going to be a whole vibe. And I get to create that and be my production manager and put it together how I want to. So it's going to be fun. Yes, it is. And you are very active on your social media uh, platforms. Um, I've been checking out your uh, Instagram. You've been popping, baby. You've been doing your dances. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I understand what you're saying about being engaged because you, as an artist, you got to put that content out there and you're doing a wonderful job, Porcelain. Thank you. And I am so proud of you. And I just feel like, you know, with you sticking uh, to your guns, with, with how you want to be original, how you want to try things, everything is going to work out for you. So uh, keep up the great work, Porcelain. Thank you so much. 
for being my guest today on Verbally Effective Podcast. We have learned so much about you, lady, and I appreciate you so much. I really do. Thank you. I appreciate you, too. I really enjoyed this because I feel like this is like real, a really in-depth interview, and I, I do a lot of interviews, but this one was... Really, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say it, you know. Yes, so just I, say it. You, just you did a great that. job. I appreciate your authenticity. Um, and I want you to let everybody know how they can get your new album, Mood Ring, that's dropping on October 30th, and how they can follow you on social media. Give them all that good stuff, lady. Okay, so everything is gonna be available on October the 30th everywhere: Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Um, title so on all your streaming platforms um, you're gonna I'm gonna be doing my rollout this week the you know toxic the single and the music video also drops the same day as my album so you're gonna get a really dope music video with the album and um, everybody can follow me at porcelain music p-o-r-c-e-l-a-n that's porcelain music on all um, platforms and just, you know, stay updated because I have, I have shows coming up and so many other dope little things I'm doing. So, yes. Well, thank you so much, Porcelain. You are repping Memphis to the utmost best of your ability. You are awesome. You represent us well. And we love you here in Memphis. And, you know, best of luck on everything you got going forward. And especially with Moody. Thank you so much, Port. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you have a good one, lady. I know you got a whole bunch of interviews coming up. So you have yeah, a marvelous day on this campaign with the new album, lady. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You don't be talking to you soon. Yes, ma'am. <laughs>